Today's podcast has been brought to you by WeConnect Construction, a lead generation website for the construction industry. Check it out, www.weconnectconstruction.co.uk. It's decent. Hello, welcome Oliver to my podcast. Are you excited? I am. Are you nervous? Not really, no. Are you all right? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Right, okay, so Oliver Family is... Family, yeah. Family, is it? Family, yeah. I've known Ali for a few years now. I call you family. Um, so Ollie is my boyfriend's best friend. And the reason that we're doing a podcast today is because I feel like you've got an amazingly inspirational story. Thank you. Yeah, I do, yeah. Even though you're a bit of a goon. Yeah. It's a good story. So let's talk a bit about what it is you do. What's your job? Uh, pest controller. So... I used to work for Rent-to-Kill Press Control uh, for about five years and then I opened my own company. So I do residential and commercial press control. Perfect. Um, and what made you make the huge leap from working for somebody, being cushed there, to then going on and, and risking it all, starting a business? Um, so myself and your boyfriend, Harrison, yes. um, we've grown up together, best friends, and we always set goals and always had um, dreams of, opening our own business. We actually had a business when we were 17, we had our own landscaping company. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do something, but that didn't really work out for several reasons. Because you were terrible landscaping. No, we were really good. <laughs> We'd just basically done a job for someone and he never paid us, so we went yes, our separate ways. Okay. And do you know what? That happens in so many people's businesses, doesn't it? Just one yeah. person can wipe out your company and then you're done. We didn't have anything in place to protect ourselves. So yeah, we had to sell, sell the van, went our separate ways. Um, Harrison went into rent to kill. Well, he had we had a few different jobs, but Harrison ended up going into rent to kill. Um, I went into a state agency, and then he called me and said, "There's a job opportunity, um, a, a really good opportunity for you." So I went into rent to kill. It was a really good patch, Knightsbridge. Um, I was in the first year. I was rookie of the year, sold the most in the UK, and um, I was hitting big numbers, like 350, 400 grand a year for them on a residential patch. Um, so inquiries in, inquiries would come in, I'd go and survey, give them full report recommendations, and then whatever they, uh, I was on a salary, and whatever they went ahead with, I'd get commission on. Um, I quickly saw there was a big opportunity to make money there, so I did want to open my own company. Um, I was thinking about branding and things like that. Um, and then fast forward to November 2017, I actually started having bad back pains and um, I kept going back and forth to, hospital, uh, to the doctors, checked myself into hospital after a few weeks and um, they then found that I had 11 fractures in my spine and I have an incurable cancer called multiple myeloma, which affects your bone marrow. Bone marrow. I was given five years, um, it's been two years. So uh, I just thought rent didn't help me out then. They just put me on statutory sick pay, and I just thought now's the time to launch it. So I, uh, I did. I, I launched it from a hospital bed, and this is where I'm now. I know. So, like, how brave are so most people who just struggle to have the balls to quit a job and even go into another job? And then other people who have even bigger balls will quit a job and start their own company. But you was diagnosed with an incurable cancer, and then thought, ah, now's the right time to start my own business yeah. <laughs> while I'm laying in hospital. I just thought. I might as well go for it now. I knew I could do it. And to be fair, it's been what has driven me through 
through it. You know, it's been hard. It's been hard for the family, hard for me and, and my fiance and doing having this business to work on is really what's what's helped me through it. So do you feel like you've done the business to focus on something else? Um rather than obviously your your diagnosis? Well, I'm confident I'm not going anywhere. I've changed my diet to vegan and stuff like that and I'm a lot healthier, healthier than I was before. I don't drink, don't smoke, um, just concentrate on uh, training, things like that. Um, diet's really important. I try and be vegan, a lot of juices, coffee enemas, a lot. And um, Coffee enema? Yeah, coffee enemas. What's coffee enema? So you basically boil coffee. 15 minutes, let it, let it cool down, and then you put it in the irrigator and basically put it up your ass. Line your no, side, you don't, Ali! Line your side for 15 minutes and then it basically pass it through. And so, how do you get it up there? Release all the toxins in the irrigator. What's an irrigator like? Basically, like a tube. No, it's like um, a litre thing and it's got a pipe and you basically put it up your ass. What, and then it sucks it all back out? No, and then you sit on the toilet and pass it. And it's meant to oh. release the toxins. So, so why coffee though? It's it's uh, very medicinal. So I've met a lot of people through my journey who have cured themselves naturally with like Gerson's therapy, doing 13 juices a day, a coffee enema every four juices, things like that. Um, and they've cured themselves from incurable cancers. So I decided I'm going to go down that route and I've been throwing everything at it. Now my numbers were at 50% of my body with the cancer um, and it's down to 3%. I did have two stem cell transplants, have had chemotherapy, which, yeah, I know has helped, but the diet is what's going to continue to push me through it. Yeah, so you're not all about alternative therapy. You've done, like, the standard Western... Yeah. Um, I feel like, like I didn't really feel like I had a choice at the time. I was, I was naive to it all and just went into it. I just wanted to get better. You know, I felt... I didn't feel like it was my time. I had um, dreams of opening the company. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I am actually getting married. At this what August. does that feel like when when the, someone says to you like, oh, because obviously I so I knew Ollie when he was diagnosed, um, not really really well, but I knew you and obviously you were on the apprentice and, at the time, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we we just we was just filming. You're fired when you wrong to actually confirm it was cancer, but. I remember Harrison kept saying, kept saying to me in the lead up, he was like, oh, is it his back? And like, there's nothing wrong with him. And he's always dramatic. Yeah. Ollie's a Pisces and so am I. And we are a little bit emotional, I think, as a star sign. Yes, I do believe in that shit. And also you're a bit of a hypochondriac. It was known before. Yeah. So he was like, oh, you're never going to have anything like this. It's going to be nothing. And there was a couple of different things they were saying it could be, wasn't yeah. there? And so Harry was like, it'll be that, it'll be that. And then we got it's the car. It's weird because... Um... <clears throat> Yeah, me and Harrison actually used to talk about it because we are really close. We're like brothers and I, we used to say, I can imagine because you see the adverts come on, oh, if that ever happened, then you never think it's going to be you and it was. So it is tough, but you just, just got to get on with it. Well, so obviously this is going to appeal to a lot of people. Cancer has affected everyone. I'm guessing whether you've had it yourself or you're close to somebody who's ended up with it. I think it's one in two people now they say are going to get it in a lifetime. Yeah. So it does affect us all. So how do you remain so edgy? I think if somebody said to me, oh yeah, you've got cancer, my life would just fall apart. I would just like never leave my bed or how do you get off it? I think you go one or two ways. Um, so I actually read a story recently about two young brothers, twins. Uh, I think they were Irish boys, but one of them got diagnosed. Um, with cancer and they couldn't deal with it so they actually both hung themselves i read that in the paper oh my and God. um it is different how people deal with it but for me i'm just like well 
it's the only way when you're put in that position it's the only way you can deal with it you either uh, i suppose you either turn to drugs drink alcohol and, and throw your life away or you try and fight it which there's a lot of things out there like i said the gerson therapy where i know people have cured themselves i had people around me that would just wanted to help me and they just done everything for me it weren't about money they just wanted to help me so that's what got me to where i am and opening the business um I don't, like I said, I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I feel like I'm going to beat this and prove everyone wrong. But the reason why I have done this business and I'm pushing it so much now is because I want to make these things happen for my fiance who stood by me, my family. I want to do all the things I want to do now. So I'm getting married this year. I've just completed on a house today. Um, yes, congrats. And um, also I want to have kids after our wedding and just carry on with life they're the things that are important to me now just yeah so has it just made you grow up like really fast because you was you and harrison was like dickheads really weren't you <laughs> uh i think it has made me grow up fast but i um i don't know for me i just want to literally i'm happy to just be on the sofa with my fiance and my kids watch a movie that's like what life is for me now. so i haven't got kids at the moment but that's what i dream about and i know it will happen 100 percent. i mean yeah you you probably the bravest person I know, like I said, I'd absolutely fall to pieces. So, so tell us a bit about it. So then after you've got diagnosed then, like what, what are so, the steps? What do you do? So as I said, I used to set goals and stuff and um, I used to listen to The Secret. I'm sure you've heard that yes. creative visualization. And um, I remember when they said they thought it was, it did take them seven days for them to actually confirm. They said it's either multiple myeloma, which they're 80% sure it is that, or it could be something else like osteoporosis or something. Um, so they'd done the test, they'd done a, a bone marrow biopsy, um, and I had to wait seven days for it to come back. And I remember just being in my room and in the hospital and just literally every day I was just visualizing them coming in and saying, it's not, it's not cancer. I was just visualizing it, visualizing it. And they came in and they said it was, so it was- So that didn't work. Yeah, so it was tough. And then I was in the room with my fiance and my oldest brother at the time, and it was uh, it was hard to take because I just thought, well, cancer in the spine, not going to be able to cut that out. You know, I don't know a lot about it. I thought that's the end, and I was really scared. Um, I think that's the thing as well, when you don't really know a lot about something. You <clears> just hear cancer, and over years, there's been that many people who have lost the battle with cancer. You don't realise now, actually, how good medicine is and how, how many people they're actually curing from it. You just hear it and panic, don't you? And there's a lot of contradiction about whether... Um, doing like chemotherapy, radiotherapy, if that's actually good or not. But the chemotherapy helped me, but I think alongside, I think the, the main thing is, is being positive in your head and um, believing. So, yeah, it's, it's just one of them things, really. So then at what point did you think, you, obviously you found out you're shattered, I'm guessing, and then at what point are you like, right, do you know what, how long did it take you to get from hearing the news to being like, this is what I'm going to do? I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, but it was tough. And even to this day, I go back, I have to go back every two months for floods. And when it comes up to that, I do start worrying because obviously you're going to worry about things like buying the house, my fiance, kids, my family. So I do worry, but I think it's just staying positive and just believing. Um, and every day just focusing on the business and enjoying life. I just think the thing is, uh, no one is guaranteed everyone's promised death it sounds bad but yeah no one everyone lives their life believing their life is going to be eternal but it's not 
mm. like, and you don't really think, oh, I'm going to die one day, because you just don't want to think about that. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you are. So for me, I know that. So I'm just you know, living life to the full. Appreciate everything. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Uh, obviously, I still have my moments where I get down, disappointed, upset, but I do try and take everything in and enjoy it. Um, and I do believe it has made me a better person. So. Yeah, I was going to say that. Do you feel like it? Obviously, it's a hugely negative thing to have, but do you feel like it's had a positive impact on you as well? I do think it has. I think it's, it's just made me grow up and made me appreciate a lot of things. And again, you never really know when. So when I got diagnosed, I took myself to end up going into UCLH Hospital. Um, and I was there for Christmas, New Year. And I remember I was in a wheelchair and uh, my brother and his fiance and my fiance were there. And we were all in one room just watching the fireworks. And it was so overwhelming. We watched it from the top floor. And I just, I, I literally broke down. I was so upset. And I just thought, every year, all these people are going through it and you just don't realise. Yeah. So it's just like seeing it all is. And being part of it, living mm. it. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? So then, obviously, I guess the doctors come up with a plan for you and say, right, you're going to have chemo, we're going to try this, isn't it? So, yeah, they done, uh, first thing I've done was Velcade. Is it like, is it soon after the diagnosis? Are they like, right, let's get onto it straight away? because I was 50% <clears> and I had fractures in my spine. I was in a wheelchair. It was pretty bad, mine. Uh, so they said, look, we'll start with Velcade, which is injections in the belly, um, once a week or twice a week. And that's meant to work really well with multiple myeloma. It didn't really have an effect on me. So then they Why? Said, because it was so much? I don't know. Some people, there's different forms of myeloma. So then they started um, VCD paste, which is like seven days wired up to chemotherapy, 24 hours, sleeping with it on. I'd done that. That was very hard. And then after that, I had to go back a week later and do it again because that didn't even bring it down. So then it finally come down to about 16% and they said, we're going to give you one last um, chemotherapy, which is called Malpolan, and that's very strong. It's only like a 20-minute drip, but it just wipes you out. Is that where you was all for like a week yeah. after you had that? And then I had the stem cell given back to me, um, and I've done that twice over. So... That was the plan um, to do that. They said, we want to get you into remission. And the idea is you get into remission and they say you get four or five years, two years, six months. They're like, it will come back. So they're quite negative about it. Um, and then when it comes back, you normally And get what, it. your classes remission when it goes to zero? No, so mine's at between 2 and 3%. So they class it as a remission. They, they measure it by my power protein. Right. Um, and yeah, if that fluctuates and goes up, then they want to get me back in for more. So that's why I try and keep a balance with everything with uh, so time. you've basically finished all the treatments for now so long as your power protein stays low you just crack on with normal life but then you've gone to um alternate therapies i guess or treatments um to try and help you keep it down for as long as possible yeah so, so what <clears throat> other things do you do so in I, uh the community where i live in bushy uh, they raise a lot of money for me we done like a fun day and we raise about twenty thousand pounds in total about 35 and with that money that was to, to get immunotherapy which is up to 500,000 now I don't feel I'm ever going to reach out so I decided against it and I, I've done a lot of research into it and for different reasons so I use that money to buy organic uh, produce and I juice every day um, I do um, the coffee enemas I do oxygen therapy I sit in the sauna every night 
um, I do like a, a yeah tell sauce. us about your sauna just because I love to visualize this yeah, so when, um, Ollie's fiance told me about how much fun it is to watch Ollie in his sauna it's just like a box that <laughs> you're just sitting with your head out and uh, sitting it up 20 minutes sweat just to release the toxins so you just have this at home yeah yeah do dry body brushing hot and cold showers I mean don't get me wrong I'm not doing all that now but when I was really hitting it that's what I was doing so I do go through it like every month I do like a, a three-day juice fast and then I do a water fast which is really good um so there's a lot of so what things are you like I'm definitely sticking to that these are the things that on a daily basis you stick to uh I try and not eat meat um I take about nine, six to nine to, uh, curcumin tablets a day. What's curcumin? Uh, that's um, turmeric and black pepper, which is anti-inflammation. So that's, uh, you know, I've done a research. Yeah, on because it. does cancer come from inflammation in the cells? I, I don't actually know, but what I do know is that there was another lady with multiple myeloma and she kept it at bay and cured herself just with turmeric capsules. So I do that. Oh my God. And then there's also... I'm going to start having turmeric. Yeah, so I take that. I also take cannabis oils every night, which is illegal. But I get it's them. illegal? Yeah. I've I take the CBD. No, CBD I take, but the ca cannabis is full spectrum of the plant. I get it made um, and I take that. It's called Rick Simpson or RSO. I take that every night before, a couple of hours before. So does it get you stoned? Yeah, it's got THC in it. If you take when I was first taking it, I was really overdosing on it, and I was yeah, it was bad having the shakes. I don't like it anyway, getting paranoid and stuff. But gives you the munchies, gives you an appetite. <laughs> the chemotherapy put me off my food, and having yeah. that would make me want to eat, <clears throat> and it would make me like. A bit and I guess it's important that you keep on trying to eat as much exactly. as you can, isn't it? Exactly. So uh, I feel like hospital. I've got no idea when it comes to nutrition. They said. If you want to have McDonald's every day, have McDonald's every day, keep the calories on. No, they didn't. Yeah, which is a load of shit to me, to be honest. Yeah, because they just want you to have the calorie intake, though, when you're having the chemo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that makes no sense because, you know, it's just sugars and sugars feeds the cancer. I know, yeah. I guess they're just saying, they're like, they're just, just like, eat what you can. They haven't done they? the research on it. All they care about is what they know and what they're trained in and they think they know it all, so... Yeah, that's that. But, um, it is mad though. Like at this this day and age, where like nutrition's a huge thing now. Like vegans, the latest fad, mm. but it's gone beyond being a fad. Like there's loads of people jumping on the back of it, being plant based. Well, anyone, even. anyone listening to this that hasn't already, I'd recommend you listen to you watch Game Changers on Netflix. Yeah, uh, there's quite a few documentaries out there, um, and everyone can argue the facts, but have a look at that. That's quite he's, he's done a podcast actually with Joe Rogan as oh, well, where he's debating. And they're arguing about it. Yeah, that's yeah. Quite yeah, yeah, because he ends up proving like everything. <laughs> in game changers is right and he isn't saying oh go fully vegan he's like it is better for you but if you want to have one meal a week that in that includes meat or fish or whatever then do it but predominantly eat plant-based because exactly. it's um yeah i loved that program actually it's really interesting yeah it was it was just struggle though so i've been trying to be vegan for four months and do you know what i did just the other day i was walking around morrison's um with both my bikes and then um, little Harris can you get some of them chicken nugget things you know what they sell warm and I was like yeah so, so we could eat them walking around so I was like oh give us one of them so then I had about four of them and I was like oh shit I'm vegan I was like get yeah. them away from it and this woman's staring at me like you're absolute weirdo but I just find it number one I do forget like that because yeah. it's just a habit I'll just like grab a piece of ham out the yeah. fridge or whatever but number two I just struggle because I proper love food like the cheese thing, and the fish thing is as well is like See, I'm not that strict. I will have a bit of feta cheese in my salad. I will have a bit of fish. I'm not completely vegan, but I try not to eat the red meats. Now, you can be vegan. This is what people need to understand. You could be completely vegan, but you could be unhealthy. There's yeah. so much processed shit out there. 
these corn burgers and that. It's not good for you. It's all shit processed. You're better off See, eating that is, whole foods. That's what, that is what I was thinking. So I, I'm trying to diet as well. Like I'm just basically always on the diet. But the vegan food is unhealthy. It's like, yeah. it's really carb high, isn't it? That's why it's like processed food. You don't want to eat the processed food, but you can have whole foods like your salads your um, avocado so would you say it's better to be on a whole food food diet like eating like wild caught salmon or no, organic they say to eat raw foods yeah just like not even cook it. it's meant to be good but um that's a bit extreme for me but <laughs> the thing is is that there is a lot of shit out there processed shit and this is what the argument is is that are you better to have salad with a corn-fed chicken um or organic than having uh, Linda McCartney sausages or a corn burger. Yeah. Because it is just processed shit. So yeah, it's that's like, it. It's just processed stuff, isn't it? And carbohydrates. I feel like you're really supporting me not being a vegan anymore. I might have some chicken there. Stay away from the ham, though. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to have it, I would say in moderation and just try. And and... To be honest, I never liked red meat anyway, but I love fish. I mean, I every kind lamb. of fish. Like my, my dad's from Iran and he makes yeah, it's Persian, you're Iranian, isn't Persian it? dishes and stews and stuff. I do like lamb. Hey, can you eat a baby lamb, Ollie? I, I used to, well, for the morning in Iran, we'd have calipocha, which is the head of the lamb. So it's the brain, the tongue, the cheek. You're a look. sick individual. So I got ill, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, Don't um, eat lamb. No, a big thing about it as well, when I got diagnosed, they believe, the doctors believe that the, that the cancer was linked to the chemicals I was using the pest control company I was with at the current time. Now, proving that is very difficult, but for me, deep down in my heart, I know what has caused my cancer, and I believe it's that. Now, um, would, why why do the doctors think it could be that? Is there well, been research I'm, into it? I'm one in five million to be diagnosed with this illness. Um, it's normally 70-year-olds. At your age? Yeah, at my age, it's normally 70-year-olds. So it's like a lifetime of exposure. The chemicals I was using have casual links, have links to multiple myeloma, which is strange. Um, and as well as that, I was requesting a full face respirator and PPE, which I was never, um, I was never. What's PPE? Uh, sorry, I, I was requesting um, protective equipment, PPE, like a full face respirator. So what, so when you'd go and you go and spray some chemicals so to get rid of? Because of my beard, I had a half face respirator and I requested a full face because of the beard and I was never issued it. So, and I've got emails requesting that. So I believe that is a reason why I may have cancer. So because of that, I obviously launched Gold, and Gold, I try. I am trying to become Gold Pest Control. Your, your new sorry, company, yeah, Gold Pest Control. I'm trying to become completely non-toxic. So instead of spraying your house with chemicals, they say, "Oh, like big firms like Rentkill, I work for, would say, we'll spray your house. Give us a four-hour window. Leave the house, your kids, your pets. Four hours later, you can come, and it's safe to do so." Now, that's what it says on the bottle. But my argument with that is, it's the whole point of spraying these houses with the chemicals is to leave a residue effect. That could be for weeks, even months. So if it's in the atmosphere, yeah. how is that safe? So if you live in your house with your loved ones, your family, your kids, everyone that's dear, dearest to you, my thing is, if you do have insects infesting your house, whether it's common clothes. That's well, really interesting to know though as well, because you are just going to trust. If somebody come out to my house doing pest control and was like, this is the situation, I wouldn't actually ever think like, oh, well, it's going to kill them in another well, two fun, months' it's time. Funny, funny, you, funny, funny enough, I used to get, actually get, question from people, oh, my wife's pregnant. Um, is it going to be safe? And I'll be like, it says four hours on the bottle. But I do, I, I do, don't really believe that. And because of that, I am trying to become completely non-toxic. So for insects, I would do a heat treatment or 180 degrees dry steam or use plant, um, 
plant extracts to spray so it immobilizes the insect rather than using so why chemicals. doesn't everybody do that is it more expensive or? a lot of money in the industry a lot of money in using chemicals someone will charge you to come and spray the house they charge you three four five hundred pounds to spray your house it takes them half an hour and leaves and you know that's the that's the industry we work in they'll throw bait down poison down it's no give you know i'm trying to to make the, the, the world leave a footprint and leave it a better place and i found it so for me i try and do everything non-toxic um, in certain situations, it is very difficult, but we it will be a last resort. We'll go to using poisons and chemicals. So we try to do things non-toxic. We deal with the matter by hygiene, so making sure that the area is deep clean, proofing issues for rodents, so blocking all holes and gaps. You don't need to just throw down poison. I'd rather use snap traps and remove the, the um, rodent mm. than put down poison so they eat it and cause a secondary poison and, and whatever. Yeah. So at what point was you like, all right, um, I've been diagnosed with cancer, this is my life. How long did it take you from diagnosis to starting your company? Uh, diagnosed <laughs> in November 2017. I believe that company was launched. I think I set up on company house a couple of months later. I didn't oh, really? That, yeah. that fast? Yeah, you were just like... Well, I guess it's really offensive what Rent-A-Kill did not it we, to just no, just leave you to than, it anything, and they must have it if you've said to them did you ever say to them or oh, there's links with this yeah i've sent them i've sent the chairman a, an email a personal message just I've, just warning them more than anything I've they've gone, got they've I've got hundreds of reps out there I've doing it legal advice um the thing is i was thinking about speaking to health and safety executives as well the thing is with it is that it's very hard to prove it and it's yeah. such a big company with a lot of backing um, and I don't want to spend my whole life doing that. It is something that I'm still thinking about, but um, pursuing that is not really... You know, no, it's just another stress anyway, isn't it? But, the, I mean, there should be a warning out know, the, there. The worst these... thing is, it, is that <clears throat> I was number one seller in my first year, rookie of the year. I was making 400 grand a year, 350 grand a year. And um, every year I was there, I was hitting figures, felt like, you know, I made them a lot of money and mm. worked hard. And more than anything, they just, I didn't even get a, a letter to say, Ollie, we're so sorry to hear what's happened to you. I know. And, it's just hard, isn't and, it? Yeah, I know. And it's just a big corporate company for you, you know, so that's uh, that's what it is. But then you were told that you, you couldn't really go and do that. So did you not ask for an office job and they said no? Um, no, I think they played it quite smart and just said that you can... I felt like I got pushed out of the company. I was in hospital at the time in my, in my hospital bed. They knew I couldn't come into work. Um, so I decided to, to launch my own thing. And, uh, and, and you're smashing it there, though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. And uh, the plan is to become the number one pest control company that offers non-toxic solutions. Thinking about possibly going on Dragon Pen and pitching it for, for exposure as well. And yeah, I bet Deborah Meaden would love that. Yeah, because she likes all that shit, doesn't she? Yeah. So if you if you listen to Deborah, give a bell. Oh, seven five. But yeah, um... was it that? And also, aside to this, probably the other best thing that's happened to you in your life was meeting me. Yeah, that was one. Of them. <laughs> that was one of them. Um, no, another thing is 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 my core values as a company actually is um, is to make sure that my employees happy and healthy that's my main thing to, to look after them which is maybe because how i got treated in the company but i think if you've got happy um 
technicians, happy employers, employees, then um, makes your business. So. Yeah, and just people feeling like the valued, exactly. they're being looked after, and somebody gives a shit about them. Like going working for somebody every day who does not give a fuck, and then you're lining their pockets. That that is difficult as an employee i've done that i've been an employee so, mm. much, so i'm i try and be super nice to all of my staff and make sure that everybody's all right obviously exactly without um without well, i think your business does well um when you're when your employees are happy and at the end of the day um i think they're going to pay pay the price in the future because if you're not happy in the company the company would eventually go down and every person i know that has worked for the company listen there's, there's loads of things, but every person I know that worked for him, they're not happy. They mm. all say the same thing. That Why didn't they come and work for you? Uh, eventually. Are you not in a position to do that yet? Eventually. I've actually got someone starting full-time in uh, January. Uh, sorry, I've got someone starting full-time in February, uh, 14th of February. Um, and, um, yeah, from then, then I'll concentrate on new business. But I think by I think by 2022, I should have 10 bands on the road. And... That'd be mega. Do you want to employ me? No, you're doing well on your own. What did you say as well, Ollie? Um, you know, like, I'm a bit of a feminist. Not OTT, but what did you say about women pest controllers? What did I say about them? Oh, you forgot. That's convenient, is it? I can't remember. When it was like, oh, about women being on construction sites and you was all, oh, I treat all women ex... I can't do your accent. No, no. I treat all everybody exactly the same. However, you wouldn't have a woman pest controller. No, I didn't say that. I, oh. I would. I, I would have a woman pest controller. No problem. I mean, uh, obviously. Do you know any women pest controllers? I know a few actually. Yeah, I worked with a few. weren't as good as me. <laughs> Not as the men. They weren't as good as me personally. I got nothing against women, but um, yeah. I just think you're a bit sexist towards men. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That is. Honestly, Ollie was only winding me up with the things he was saying to me about women workers before. You would have all been flabbergasted. Listen, if you're interested in, uh, pest control, in the pest control industry, just send over your CVs and uh, you'll see what I'm like. I'd rather not anywhere than going dealing with, I, I couldn't do it. Like when you're seeing loads of cockroaches and that. Yeah. Is there cockroaches in England? Yeah. Oriental, Germans. There, there is, and um, Germans, German cockroaches. The thing is, is that in England, it's quite interesting because you get to see so much. I mean, um, always in a different house, always in different area, dealing with different problems. Um, yes, but when you worked at Bentakill, you was like Harrison, you're working in some really fancy hotels and that. So yeah, where you wouldn't key, think it. My, I was uh, Fulham and Kensington, so Knightsbridge, South Kensington, they were my areas, and I actually still do have a lot of customers around there. Um, so yeah, that is my key area. That's where most of my business. So it isn't just like about being clean and that, because I'm sure these hotels are like super clean. It's just it's an issue, isn't it? They're just going to get where they get, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. But I bet you've been in some right shitholes as well, haven't you? I have. I've been in some places that are really badly infested. I mean, I'm doing a site at the moment. I can't tell you the exact site. Yeah. What I can tell you is, it is uh, a few pizza shops close by each other, and I've taken 106 rats what? from the basement within about six months now that is one of the biggest infestations I've, I've dealt with and is it their fault at the pizza shop for there's not a, being there's clean? a lot of recommendations they ain't following yeah oh no that is so rough will you tell me when we're not recording so I never eat there i can't i never i never <laughs> talk about my customers behind their back you definitely will tell me <laughs> <laughs> right okay perfect Holly. so is there anything else that you want to tell oh in fact you know what you can tell us give us some tips two tip two different subjects some tips on starting your own business what you would advise the first steps to be and also some tips on how you deal 
on a daily basis with your diagnosis of cancer, in, incurable cancer? Um, what do you want me to start with? Either. Whatever tickles your fancy. With regards to the cancer, I think you just got to realise if anyone is out there, because it does happen a lot, you get diagnosed, just realise that it's, it's not a death sentence. There's just so much you can do. Don't give up. Um, think about your body. Give your body the stuff it needs. Think about what has actually caused your cancer and take yourself out of that atmosphere, whether it is a relationship, work, whatever is stressing you out, get away from it, look after yourself, look after your body. And listen, um, you can follow me on Instagram, you can follow Gold Pest Control, ask me any questions you have. If you're worried about anything, I'm always happy to give free advice and, and help people um, if they do need it. Perfect, I love that. And what about starting your own business? Starting my own business? Start? Well, I think I'm very similar to you, Michaela, where Harrison, uh, Harrison's very much like, got to do this, you, you know, predictions, how you can do this, that. He looks do at the paperwork, yeah, start at your marketing. Yeah, well, who's your target market, all that stuff. For me, I just say, just go for it. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> it either works or it don't work for me. That's the way I do it. If you've got a dream, go for it, set goals. You know, even if you start with a weak goal, hit the targets on there, write down lists, make sure you're crossing off the things you're doing. And um, yeah, have have goals in life, what you want. And, and literally every single thing that I have wanted in life, other than cancer, but obviously I never asked that, was um, I've been hitting. So I want to have my own pest control company, which I've had. I wanted to get my own house by the age of 30. I'm 30 and I've just got my keys in March. I'm 31, so I hit that target. Well done. Um, and uh, my fiance. He's way out of his league, yeah, so you hit that gorgeous. target. Yeah, so <laughs> done well there. And she's been... A diamond so supportive throughout the whole thing so now it's the wedding 6th of august and um then it's going to be the kids and then the company just gonna boom and michaela's company is going to boom at the same time but i've got a little side bet of her that i'm going to beat her so he isn't so we'll see i'm gonna win it keep an eye on it <laughs> thanks very much Alan. thank you Thanks for listening. Please remember to visit www.michaela-wayne.co.uk. Subscribe to the podcast, leave your feedback and don't troll.